on this episode of PL and PJ's Donnie's New Digs. And Wolves Wandering Up. Back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. That dress code being Jamie's, Mr. Brents. I see that you're wearing the bottoms again, which I appreciate. Um, mine are being washed. I mm. forgot about them. Uh, that's on me. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed. I know. I am disappointed, but it's okay because I am only half committed myself. I have a very average pajama t-shirt. Right. On, so it's not like I'm fully committed. If I was decked out on the matching set, I would be a little bit more upset that you too are not wearing your pajamas. Sure. You you half asked it, and it's like if I'm gonna do something, I gotta go all out and wear the whole thing, or not do it at all. So okay. So that's what I'm doing. I'm not doing it at so, all. So it's a me thing. Yes, it's a okay. Thing. I get. I get it. Jake, I want to jump right into. Sure. And I'm gonna tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I have some blue pants. Okay. Navy, but blue. Blue. There's a team whose crest is blue that goes by the name of Everton. They're the Toffees. I don't think we've ever heard of them. Yeah, no, well, the, here's a fun fact for you. They recently signed a player from Manchester United on loan for the rest of the season who wasn't getting any playing time. His name was Donald Van de Beek. <laughs> I've never, never heard him <laughs> say Donald. That's his proper name, but most people call him Donnie. Okay. Donnie Van de Beek. I'm interested, yeah. Previously <laughs> known as Donnie Van de Bench. Not anymore. Not anymore. Now he's known as Donnie Van de Man of the Match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Donnie plays a lot. That's what <laughs> I call him. But he recently started Everton's Premier League match and had a Man of the Match performance. Is he finally kind of being the player that you thought that he would be when he made the transfer to the Premier League? I mean, tough to say after one game, but definitely looks like it yeah. um, from what we've seen. Uh, I always thought he had that potential and that Manchester United were squandering it. And it was very silly for them to pay as much as they did for him. It's like 30 million pounds or something like that. And just not play him at all. So, uh, yes, I think he's showing the signs that he is a great Premier League player and can fit in that uh, attacking mid sort of role or just, you know, central mid in general role. And I, I love to see it for such a, what I think is a great guy. Well, and the thing is, so... You know, Frank Lampard specifically said, you know, he was one of the first players that he wanted to bring into Everton when he took over. Sure. In his, in his post-match interview, basically saying that they knew he had the quality. They knew that he not only had, you know, the passing quality, the progressive play traits, but also provided so much energy and tenacity in the midfield that it would be, uh, you know, it, it would catch on with the other players. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, when you see one player working that hard, that it kind of inspires other players to work that hard. and. What I found interesting about it specifically is then in a follow-up, Rio Ferdinand posted a tweet that essentially said he talked to some people he knew at Everton that said Donny Van de Beek came into training and raised the level. Wow. And like, just like took it an entire step up. And as a follow-up, that Manchester United must be incredible if Donny could not get a chance to be in the side. That That midfield trio of McFred must just be outstanding in training that 
Donnie could not surpass them for a chance in the first team because it was laughable how little he played. Was that a little bit of sarcasm on his part when he said no? No. no, no very no. true. Very, very. Truth telling about the Manchester United well, midfield. You, you know that Rio Ferdinand is a man who, you know, is very direct. Sure. You know, very, he, he says what he means. He means what he says. There's no chance that he was saying it sarcastically, right? Okay, yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Right. You know but, him better than I do. <laughs> but all that to say, Lampard essentially, I think, is going to be a great mentor to... Donnie in the Premier League for, for the rest of the season. Not only is he going to get the chances in midfield that he definitely deserved while he was at United, but he's now under one of the greatest Premier League midfielders of all the time who, and I realize Lampard was world-class while he right. played. Donnie is not quite there yet, hopefully one day, he, but he's not there right now. But similar play styles in terms of that box-to-box goal-scoring threat, kind of that number eight player that can play sure. as a 10 and so hopefully uh, hopefully Donnie can pick up a thing or two. Yeah, and I'm interested to see um, when DeCorey comes back from injury how that entire midfield kind of syncs together with maybe uh, DeCorey and Allen behind as like the two holding yep. midfielders and uh, Donnie is free to go forward sure. and be that creative player that we've seen um, in flashes. So uh, I'm really excited. If you're an Everton fan, I think you, you should be really excited as well to see uh, Donnie going forward and hopefully being a mainstay in that uh, Everton 11. It's a glimmer of hope in what has been a dismal yeah. season. You know, it's, and even I could see him transitioning to more of a three in the midfield pivot. Right. You know, where, where you have two free eights, one's Decore and one's Donnie. Okay. Because Decore does provide a That's, goal scoring that threat. That is fair. He was one of their better players, and then Allen can be that kind of sit-back, control possession, move the ball kind of player. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, frankly... Toffee fans have needed this Definitely. this season. Something to be excited about. Not they're not excited about Deli Alley as well. <laughs> but you know, they, they needed something to, to grasp onto and hopefully they'll climb up the Premier League table and uh, be clear of that relegation zone. Yeah. Uh, I think that their relegation worries are behind them. Brent. Relegation worries. Worries. Wolves. Is a W. Wander. Wander. Up. Okay. There's three W's there. Three in a row. Wow. Just, just like the beginning of your browser. Hey, well done, Dragon. And that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers, 5-1-1 one, and one in their last seven matches in the Premier League. Not too bad. Um, no. In fact, I would say good. I, I would go so far really? as to say good. <laughs> yeah, they're currently in seventh place, four points off of fourth, with two games in hand on West Ham. Yeah. That seems, for where the season started, where they could not score, and it was a very dreary start to the year, I mean, disappointing even sure. for fans, um, that it seems like they're kind of finding their stride in the Premier League, and I think that makes the Premier League more exciting when they're doing well. Yeah, um, we obviously saw some solid performances the first two seasons when they came up from uh, the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nuno led them to, I believe, back-to-back seventh-place finishes, which for a team that <laughs> just came up into the Premier League right. was uh, you know, great positions to, to end up in. And I think last year was a disappointment, and this year, beginning, you, know, you saw that same kind of feeling. But I think they've turned over a new leaf. Uh, Bruno Large has really gotten the most out of his players. Absolutely, yeah. Um, they're staying healthy for the most part, which is awesome. 
and they have a real chance to push for not only European places, but possibly the fourth position. Well, with the way that everybody else is floundering yeah. for fourth place, you know, you look at Manchester United's form, you look at Tottenham's form. I mean, Wolves just beat Tottenham, which obviously is going to help catapult them up. Um, you know, Arsenal has been fine, but hasn't done anything really that spectacular to at least recently. And so there is a real opportunity for Wolves to push up and gain some ground. I will say they are still struggling for goals. When you look right. at their top scoring list, Jimenez is the top scorer with five goals so far this season, which really means he's on pace for nine for the entire season, which, you know, yeah. is not great. <laughs> you look at them, their second leading scorer, uh, Wang Hee Chen, um, with four goals, and he's been injured. He hasn't played a lot recently. He has not played a lot recently. And then their third leading scorer is Connor Cody with two. <laughs> so I do worry about their goal-scoring production as it stands. But the defense is there, bro. But the defense is solid, and, and that is something to build upon. I mean, hey, a 1-0 win isn't the sexiest scoreline, but is it three points? Yeah. And Last time I checked, yeah. Leicester did it all throughout their title-winning season. True. Seasons. Now – no, I do want to add the caveat. I don't think Wolves are going to win the title this year. What? Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah, I just I want to make sure that Wolves fans have a realistic expectation, <laughs> a bar for where they're going to be. Yeah, just to set their expectations at fourth place because there's no way they don't finish fourth. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's hey, shoot for the moon, you land amongst the stars. How about just shoot for like the upper stratosphere and if all else you fall right back down to earth. I don't like that saying. <laughs> it's not catchy and it's not really it doesn't really roll good. off the yeah. tongue does it no. yeah but anyway wolves fans do have things to be excited about but what i do have to ask though and on a more serious note sure. is, do you think they can continue to climb the ranks of the premier league table with their low scoring output ah uh, that's a tough question i initially want to say no i think that teams like united west ham and Arsenal and probably Spurs will find their form again and they just have such more potent offenses potent potables exactly and um, solid enough defenses where they're going to still get the three points even you know if they're not scoring as much as they can but Wolves just they have the solid defense but you need to score goals to win games obviously Um, they're going to get a lot of points from draws for the remainder of the season but I think that's not going to be enough, and I think they're going to find themselves in that sixth or seventh position. And I'm glad you said that, Jake, because I tend to think they're going to finish around seventh or eighth. And okay. to the point that because we're kind of around that seven, I'd like to set an over-under line for our TikTok, a poll. Okay. Over-under seven and a half places. Will they finish seventh, eight, you know, above, below? Gotcha. How do you feel about that? I, I, th- <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, we could even go six and a half if you'd like. Well, then that's easy because then I think. Sure, you go, you take the under. Well, over for. Technically, yes. Table wise, like under, yeah. below. Sure, sure, but, sure. Yeah. I think they finished below sixth place. I, yeah. I think seven is the mark. That's the mark, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I could see them finishing eighth, too. So. <clears throat> I think that's a good poll. Yeah, it's a good poll. I think that's, I think I think that's we'll worth getting it. some yeah, audience absolutely. opinion yeah. on. Um, what about you? Like I said, I, I think they're definitely, I guess, over but under. You know, I like I, I see them finishing more eighth or ninth when I think top four, I'm thinking you know, you think of the teams that are competing right now, it's West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham, United. Sure. And I think they take 
those kind of ranged places. Four, uh, five, six, yeah, and seven. exactly. And then I think so maybe too. Come and blow, but you never know. I think uh, what's today the fifteenth. Yeah. I think Wolves will finish in eighth place at the end of the season. Wow. You can take that to the bank. I don't okay. think you can bet on I, that. If you could bet if on you it, could, though, you should. You would. Put the farm on it. Wolves. Well, finish. if you have a farm. Right. If I you don't, don't have sorry, a farm. I, yeah. I don't want to leave out everyone that doesn't have farms. Right. But Wolves will finish eighth place this season. Deal. Jake, I'm glad that you brought up the farm, though. Yeah. And betting the farm because – we, as always, have some bets that we love to put our farms on. We do? Yeah, no, I, I, the amount of farms <laughs> I've won and lost so far this year, outrageous. Good thing we have so many farms. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we are, uh, you know, maybe hoarders of farms. Yeah, we, and we in love a to good way. Them, but in a good, in a healthy way. Right. Certainly not an issue, but Jake, the first bet that I'm going to put a farm on is a both teams to score Tottenham versus Man City. It is our surprise odds of the week at plus 108. Free. Free. And, Jake, I, I don't want to maybe steal your thunder here, but I believe you have a hot take about this Tottenham-Man City game coming up. Well, Brent, you were telling me that Man City's around, like, minus 280, depending on yeah. where you're looking, uh, to beat Spurs. Spurs coming off, you know, we mentioned it, a defeat against Wolves. Man City, 5-0 against Sporting. Uh, yeah, they looked very good at the midweek. Um, in the Champions League, but I think one thing that everyone's forgetting is that Tottenham's best player is coming back oh. for this game. Eric Dyer has been underrated by everyone, including, including you. you. <laughs> it's including <and> you. you. <laughs> He keeps the team together. I think his inclusion. He's the glue. He's the glue. Yeah. His inclusion with uh, Pierre Milchoybier and Bentenker right in front of him. I think we hold City to one goal. Tottenham also get one goal. It finishes 1 1. Spurs are going to draw Manchester United. Uh, Man City. Manchester City. Yep. Let, let, let me, they would definitely draw Manchester United let, or win. For, for the clip, let me restart right here. Tottenham are going to draw Manchester City 1-1 this weekend on the back of Eric Dyer's defensive performance. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here first. But before we get too carried away with that, because it's totally going to happen, Jake, we have a game bet too, right? We do. Chelsea, who just won the Club World Cup. They did. <laughs> and celebrated like they won everyone the, the World Cup. Right. <laughs> Um, I couldn't even tell you. They played uh, Palmares? No. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know how to say the name, but it's the team from South America. Is it Palmares? Pal- Palmares, Palmares. Whoever. Is. The fact that we don't know exactly the team it means name. they shouldn't have been celebrated. Yeah, much, I mean yeah. they beat like Al Halal in the which semifinal. is still good for them. Sure. I mean that's great for them. Great but. for them. I don't care about that trophy, but good for them. Chelsea to beat Crystal Palace at Selhurst minus one fifty two. They have enough players that they, if they need to rotate from you know playing these Club World Cup games, they can. They still have a far superior team to Crystal Palace, and I believe Gallagher can't play. Correct. Correct. The parent club, parent club clause means that he cannot play against. So they're Chelsea. missing. They're gonna be missing their best creative midfielder and pretty much the only one in midfield. Oh, that dude, can't what about a Brazil Eze? Yeah, 
I will say this will leave an opening for Elise to start, um, sure. which I think he should, and I think he deserves it. But we're sticking with the win, minus 152, Brent. Yeah. Jake, we're also sticking with a certain player to score, and maybe a bit of a revenge match for Arsenal against Brentford, who were embarrassed on the opening weekend. First game of the year. Yeah, it was a great result. As a Bees fan, I was psyched. Yeah, Sergi Canos, I believe, opened the scoring for the Premier League this season. The first Premier League goal for Brentford as well. And then uh, uh, Ben White, you know, no defense. Yeah, disaster class. Disaster class on a throw-in. Led to the second 2-0 victory for Brentford, if you remember that. We have Bukayo Saka to score... At plus two twenty five, and I think you know. What, what's your reasoning? You you so, gave this to me, and you're like, "Here's my reasoning," and I was like, "I love it. We have to bet on it." So here's the thing. We know that there was a certain player, not gonna names name name any names, but he might have gone by the name of Martinelli, who you got just a red card. Names. No, you just but names. like that was a hypothetical. Okay, hypothetically, he this person might is- have gotten a red card and will be suspended for this match. Quickly, just a tangent. What were your, did you see that red card? Yeah. What were your thoughts with the double yellow without you know giving a signal about it? I thought they were great. Okay, I thought I, it, I agreed with it. I thought it was justified because obviously he pushed a guy during a throw in to stop yep. a counter and or like a fast break yep. if you will, which is a yellow card. And then he proceeds to go chase down the guy they threw it into and take him out from behind yep. on a which fast break, yellow. which is another yellow card. And it's like I don't know. I feel like if you don't give the red there, then you leave the door open for people to just do two yellow card offenses back-to-back and not get punished. The way that I saw it was more like in an advantage sense. If somebody commits a yellow card-worthy challenge right. and then the play continues on, you still go back and give that yellow card. So he still deserved a yellow card for the push on the throw-in. Exactly. Play continued. That was one yellow card, and then he committed another yellow card offense. I will say where you can make the distinction is if – he had fouled the person on the fast break, like, you know, tugged him, which is, you know, a yellow card, and then kept on running next to him and then fouled him again. I wouldn't have gone sure. to double yellow. It's the same, oh, I agree. same person, same kind of But they were isolated action, incidents. But yeah. Continue anyway, on all with- that to say, we have Bakayo Saka, who has been their main goal-scoring threat so far this season, at least in recent weeks. Lacazette not really performing particularly well. He scored a penalty recently, but that's really it. Martinelli has been the goal-scoring threat for Arsenal recently. Yep. I think Bakayo Saka steps up in this game and kind of provides that spark for them that they've been missing. And at plus 225 against Brentford seems, dare I say, free free money. Free money. Yeah. Put uh, one or two farms, however many you're willing right. to wager. And how many you have. I mean, if, exactly. if, you, if you're not like us, you don't own 10 farms. Right, a lot, of, a lot of uh, you know gamblers and betting sites like to say units to describe how much they're betting. Um, so one unit would be one. One farm. absolute unit <laughs> of a farm. Betting. Similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna put one unit or one farm or five dollars <laughs> <laughs> on Bukayo Saka to score against Brentford. Yep. Last thing I will say before we move on to our Pirates. I wish you would bet of the week. I saw a stat that I thought was cool on Twitter today, and, you know, I'm a Tottenham fan, so I don't like to give Arsenal props a lot, but the 18 youngest starting 11s this year in the Premier League have been from Arsenal. Actually? Yeah. All 18? 
well, the, I mean, number 19 and 20, obviously, are probably different teams. Well, sure. Yeah, so no, first, that's the, astounding. The, the 18 youngest starting 11s this season have been from Arsenal, which is Wait, awesome. what about the U.S. national team? They don't play in the Premier League. Oh, that makes more sense. First then. you're hearing of it? Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't know that. I thought that's what this whole World Cup thing was about. But anyway, Jake, our, we have a Pirates code we as do. well to get into. You know, let's rewind to, <laughs> to the first topic of the day. Yep. Donnie Vandebeek to Everton, man of the match, blah, 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 blah. Donnie Vandebeek to score at least three goals in the next game and assist. What's the parlay odds on that? Uh, plus no, 2,500. Yep. Okay, anyway, that's not our bet. Anyway, that is not our bet. Our bet does include Everton. Yes. Which is why I brought it up. Everton is playing Southampton, and we have Everton win or draw. First leg of the parlay. Yep. Second leg, both teams to score. Mm-hmm. A Southampton team, which has found some form. Especially with Bro... Bro... I don't know how to Broja, say it. Broja, yeah. Broja, I don't know how to say it. They made a point um, in the broadcast for the Spurs game, Spurs-Southampton game, saying that he's Albanian and you think it'd be Broja, but it's something like the region he's from or like hmm. something like where his last name's actually from. It's actually Broja. You actually say a slight J Broja. there. Yeah. Um, anyways, hmm. we think both teams will score. Yep. I think it's going to be... 2-1, one, 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Um, one of those for Everton. They look good. Everton looked they good. They looked very good in their last match. And most importantly, like, they're finally getting healthy again. That first choice 11 is coming back. Yeah. And they looked great to start the season with that first choice 11. As we talked about previously in our Talking Toffees segment, you know, their first 11 is strong, and they've it reinforced is. that now. There's no reason they shouldn't be able to get at least a point from this game against Southampton. Sure. I'm uh, picturing, you know, like a... Gray, Richarlison, DCL, and Donnie, you know, sure. as that attacking Not threat. Not Donnie? No, I okay. don't think he starts. I don't think he really has merged into that you know, Everton side enough. And I don't know. Sure. I didn't see anything I liked about Delhi in his two appearances for the sure. club so far. Um, but he'll, he'll grow into it. And the point is the odds, Jake. Plus 160. Free. One unit, one farm. Or <laughs> 1.6 farms, because it's plus 160. That's how much you're going to get, yes. Well, no, I'm saying let's bet it. You know, let's bet 1.6 farms in honor of the plus 160 odds. Sure, Unless you Brent. don't have no, yeah, no, Sure, let's do that. I feel like you didn't mean that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I loved it. Okay. Well, Brent, your whiskey's gone. Yours isn't. I'm going to call you out on uh, the podcast okay. live. All right. Everybody, Jake's whiskey is not gone. Yeah, it's gone now. Is there it you Jake? go. Yeah. Um, you finished your beer before we started. Well, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I just don't think there's any scientific evidence to back that up. I didn't mean to out you as an alcoholic on the pod, but here we are. I'm a pharmaholic. <laughs> well, Brent, <laughs> from the two people who stayed up past everyone else and did a power hour by themselves yes. in Crested Butte this weekend. And that's us? Us. Oh, you're right. I was there. And also from the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. And that dress code is and always is jammies. We'll see you next time. Uh-huh.